Rail Riders, Scott Thomas here. On the Rails is back. Thank you guys so much for your patience while we took a month off and went on vacation, got some ducks in a row. And while I would love to be bringing you a brand spanking fresh new episode, I'm bringing you a vintage episode today. That's right. This is the State of Horror 2018 Part 2 with Matt Eric and Sarah. We actually recorded this at the beginning of July for various reasons weren't able to release it. And now, at last, I can put it in your eardrums. So happy to be sharing it with you. We got brand spanking new episodes coming up this coming week and all through September. So please click subscribe, five star reviews, anything you can do. So, so happy to be back. And without any further ado, the State of Horror 2018, part two. Previously on On the Rails. The thing that I, that uh, in this last week that really like sort of hit me the hardest that I've been thinking a lot about, and I think I mentioned it to both Matt and Sarah earlier, is um, I saw the uh, Grant Wood exhibit at the, the Whitney, which um, Grant Wood, who is a, a, a painter. Anytime somebody recommends an exhibit to me at a museum that isn't like, Bob culture yeah. I'm always like, who are you trying to impress right now? Because it's not working like, oh, on. It's an opportunity me. to see this, you know, like super iconic painting and maybe some other things too. I was like really shocked at how I had like a visceral reaction to to um, to these works that I saw. It was cool. I mean, he and is like, a villain. <laughs> a villain. <laughs> he goes to museums, but he's like also a serial killer. Okay, I love you know that. Dexter, because I mean? people who go to museums by themselves, perfect sitting ducks. <laughs> <laughs> I said it. Oh, yeah. That, that's the hottest take that's ever been offered on this. Hot program. take, I know. Thank you. Okay, and that's just the start. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Running in Central Park. In Eric's response is coming, but first, on the rails. There's a radio station in the South Florida area, I think it's based out of Miami, called The Shark. And, <laughs> of course. Um, yes. and, um, but the, they're, the guy who does the announcing for it, we thought always had like really bad diction. Um, I was doing a play in Florida like because he's years got ago. two rows of teeth. But it always sounded like he was saying <laughs> it always sounded like he was saying the shark. <laughs> so it'd be like, you've been listening to whatever it was like 104.5, the shark. And we listened to that station all the time just for the just for the call sign. <laughs> really? I'm really curious about what kind of music the shark would play, but I'm also curious about what the shark would play. A lot of a lot of tubas, a lot of a lot of brass. <laughs> Brian Setzer Orchestra on a Jump Jive and Whale for the ninth time this hour on the oh Shark. <laughs> there was that great run of bands in the nineties that no one knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. So they were titled ska or swing or something yeah. like scroll nut zippers and cherry pop and daddies and boston's are kind of sky but boston's are a ska band <laughs> <laughs> i say this as someone who saw the boston's last summer <laughs> how were the boston's wow. so good dickie barrett so he gave me a set list <laughs> so was it cool or was it kind of sad or was it no cool? it was not sad in the least they've and they'll be the first to admit it. They've never been cool, like, at all. Yeah. So there's no reputation to uphold. I mean, Dickie Barrett is the band leader for Jimmy Kimmel, so he's still, like, vaguely relevant. He never had to knock on wood. 
<laughs> but he knew someone who had. Yeah. Don't we all? <laughs> I'm so glad that the two times I've had this group together. We've done 90s for it. <laughs> I was born in the desert babe. 10 o'clock, a man who has never killed someone at the Whitney, but totally killed it in the role of Reverend Hale in the Crucible. That is true. <laughs> I can't even finish because I'm just, I'm so happy there's continuity with this now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought up the Whitney thing, too. That was such a funny, funny thing that happened in your last episode. All the speculation behind me. I've never been so mysterious. <laughs> Jesse, Chrissy, I hope you're listening because this story thread is not over. Yeah, Eric, no, there's going to be more to say for sure. But yeah, we're setting the record straight. Eric, how you doing, man? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. I'm drinking some whiskey on a Sunday afternoon, and I'm ready to talk about things that are bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So much awful that we're going to discuss with one more person, a woman who painted the floor of a theater by herself this week, <laughs> mm-hmm. and whose favorite- Sure did. <laughs> and her favorite genre is Murder Corner. Back for more, it's Sarah Lanier. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> What theater did you paint the floor of? Um, I work for Art New York, um, which is a arts nonprofit here in the city. We have two theater spaces. I painted the floor by myself of our smaller space. It took me two and a half hours. I feel great about it. <laughs> was it relaxing? Was it like zen-like? You know, it really was. Yeah. I was just happy to be away from my desk for a little while. <laughs> well, I was just, I was going to be curious uh, about fumes, whether it was a situation <laughs> that got more fun as you got along um, kind in the of. process. Yeah. yeah. Pink elephants showed up. 
No, I just, I sort of lost a little bit of, like, I just got in the zone because I, like, put on some episodes of, like, last podcast that I hadn't listened to yet. And by the time one of them that I knew was, like, an oh, hour. Oh, drink, by the way. Oh, shit. Yes. Is it when I mentioned last podcast? That, yes. <laughs> yes. Wow, already. The rules is already off the table. And you may be asking yourself, what on earth are these rules? Well, here's the other thing that we're doing here, guys. What we are we doing, are, Scott? What we are doing, that is we are going through this past week trying to figure out what made the last seven days pop, doing a deep dive on pop culture but we are also playing a drinking game none of us know the rules to we have all made rules for each other maybe Nat's just made rules for me maybe eric has made rules for lee our producer who can say how things are going down <laughs> but if a rule is guessed as it just was it's off the table and if all the rules are guessed the guests win a ten dollar gift card Juju Press! Podcast sponsor, podcast sponsor, podcast yes! sponsor. Podcast sponsor, <laughs> Juice Press. And to be clear, we are not sponsored by Juice Press. I just bought a gift card. Secret Has anyone sponsor. won it yet? No. So this is still the original gift card. This is the original gift card, and I have a guest coming on in two weeks who told me yesterday, she looked at me with fire in her eyes and said, I'm good in for that gift card. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Claire Gresham is going to win that gift card in two weeks. Not if we do we'll it tonight. See. Claire got us one step closer already. Sarah is super close already. Now, if you want to play along at home, go into the episode description. All the rules will be written there. Hey, while you're in your podcast app, rate, review us, subscribe. Five stars, particularly if you like the top shelf material we've already been bringing to the table. We've given you so much, guys, for the free. This is this is already so much better than 538 <laughs> Politics, which is yeah. potentially what this episode is going to be. barely ever bring up butt rock. 83% <laughs> uh, chance of butt rock. <laughs> we like to do a good use of polling, bad use of polling, and we want to look at, is Benjamin breaking Benjamin butt rock? <laughs> I couldn't even get their name right. It's <laughs> a great warm-up, though. Benjamin breaking Benjamin. That's when they're like going to be popular in 20 years, and there's uh -huh. going to be a very intellectual cover band that only does it with strings. <laughs> <laughs> like Apocalyptica. <laughs> they were great. They were great. My I'll drink to that today is not Apocalyptica, oh. but it is time to toast something that we love a lot. It's time for I Will Drink to That. Yeah, boy! I will drink to that. What is this? We are going to toast something that has made our week. And especially given this week, something that made our week better is worth celebrating. Anybody want to kick it off? Get started. I mean, I will uh, just because I'm a, I am feel like because <laughs> everyone's I wanna, on edge. I want to say it before <laughs> anyone else does because it might be theirs. Although I was tempted to do another similarly old, <laughs> which is funny because I did have one. Um, which is that I just started listening to Blaze Foley last week for the first time, who, um, I mean, especially the song Clay Pigeons, I think is just like one of the greatest like masterpieces of a song I've heard in a long time. Um, do you know Blaze Foley? I don't. Well, he is... is Axel's brother? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're cousins, mm. actually. No, Blaze Foley was um, friends with Towns Van Zandt. And, um, you have to drink, by the way. And I do? Yes. Great. <laughs> and um, he uh, was a country folk singer yes. who died in the late 80s, I think. He was 39, and someone shot him for some reason. Someone who was unhappy with him, I guess. Mm. And um, a really amazing, like, incredible singer-songwriter. Um, there's a movie that I think 
is coming out this year with Ethan Hawke playing him. Uh, but anyway, I was going to say that to, again, continue the speculation about me being a, a crazy um, serial killer, I think is what I was called. Yes, a serial killer. Um, you, put, you put him in your earphones, Blades Foley, and yeah. then you murder someone <laughs> at a museum. And um, who were, what were the, the names of the guests in that episode? Jesse Jawless and Chrissy Shackelford. Also, I have to drink. Oh. Well, I, I also had some speculation about them, <laughs> um, which is, um, you know, after listening to that fucking episode with them, I just thought, <laughs> these fucking ladies seem like they're probably really nice people <laughs> i bet they buy really thoughtful gifts for their friends <laughs> i bet they help their friends move i mean Shots i was just like fired. these pieces of shit probably go about their lives just uh, doing i'm getting choked up <laughs> just just really helping people out and like smiling at strangers, and I, I should just stop. Uh, I'm getting too worked up. Um, but uh, I but then I saw Nanette last night. Oh, um, yeah. Which made me feel so like happy and um, connected to um, something like good happening in the zeitgeist, mm. and it, it just seemed so important and vital and structurally impressive as uh as a set um so funny so moving so daring um i just loved it it's unbelievable yeah, it's yeah. fucking fantastic not watched it yet it, it, i'm very excited i texted my friend this and i think i would say it to anyone although i did specifically mean this to her that it will affect your heart in searing unfathomable ways yeah yeah it is uh, i will i will say my wife and i watched it uh uh while we were, you know, it was a bad news day, and we were mm. like, let's watch something to cheer ourselves up, and it does not do that, uh, but uh, 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 in a very good way. Like, it wrestles with some really real shit, and is not like a, uh, it's not like a, like a, it's not like any other stand-up special I think I've ever seen, even like Tignataro's uh, Live, or, or Patton's yeah. Annihilation, or anything like that, which like deals with like really real shit, but is still... And very and also have a kind of like transformative quality to yeah. it. It's kind of one thing, but then it's also right. is or becomes something else over the course of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's at once very very enjoyable and and light and so fucking heavy. And also, I it got me thinking about the similarities between uh, comedy and horror, which essentially yeah. boil down to the creation and release of tension. Mm. And um, and then that got me also thinking about how, you know, how there's always the, people always talk about how sort of uh, physiologically speaking, laughing and crying are very similar. Yeah. yeah. And just the, the similarities there, um, I, I, it was very late last night that we watched it, but it's kind of been the main thing on my mind since then, aside from trying to clean uh, or unclog my bathroom sink this morning, mm. which is also uh, very horror adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> because um, you murdered somebody and there's gristle stuff in the... I mean, that, plus it was just gross. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and very, I mean, really when you, like, when you sort of like plunge a thing and 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 all this water comes up into yeah. the sink and it's murky Let's and get into it. and you're like I'm gonna have to <laughs> I'm gonna have to put my hand into this fucking murky water and I don't know what's in there and it was a very visceral like oh this is terrifying in all of the ways <laughs> that you know it, 
in any kind of a movie, even if it's not horror. You know, Temple of Doom, when he puts the hand in to get the switch, it's all the bugs and the ugh, gross. That was me this morning. <laughs> so anyway, Nanette. <laughs> a, a, a special that plunges his hand into the shit of human existence. Yes. And we will drink to that. Yeah. Oh, um, yes. Hannah Gadsby. I don't think we uh, yeah. said her, her name. She's extraordinary. This was my first exposure to her, and I'm going to use Nanette as a pivot into mine, actually, because mine is the second season of Glow, which Ooh. I'm almost done with. Oh, I haven't started it yet. Neither. My goodness gracious. And the reason Nanette gets me thinking about it is I felt very fortunate this week to encounter a lot of art that was created by women yeah. specifically mm. whether it was Nanette uh, I'm going to botch her name Alice Boleyn wrote a book called Dead Girls that I read this week mm. that is meditations on the dead girl trope in television or fiction oh run don't walk to this book this really? definitely sounds yes, like a Sarah please. book yes. Yes. Yeah. yes this it's half essays half memoir and she ties her memoir into the essays about the dead girl trope, like the cleanest example I can think of is she grew up in, oh, it's either Idaho right by Wyoming or Wyoming right by Idaho. She's basically in that nether region of forest yeah. and hills, and she was a mile from the Ruby Ridge oh, in, San, oh, in the oh, 90s. Wow. Yeah, and not far from the Ted Kaczynski cabin either. Yeah. And so she talks about how her experiences with those two events uh, ruined the fairy tale existence of living in that landscape, huh. but also the fairy tale of the dead girl trope, right? Because there was no way to romanticize that for her in any way, the way that we see in a piece of serial killer fiction where it's like the dead girl exists as a memory that must propel the detective forward yeah. Yeah. and is idolized. It's that's I'm not doing it the justice that it deserves, but holy shit, what a great book. That sounds no, amazing. What's I'm... the name of the author again? Dead Girl's Alice Bolin. Okay. I keep saying Anne Boleyn every time I tell people about it because it's right there for me. And everyone's like, oh, she wrote a yeah. book. People forget what a talented writer she was. <laughs> oh, my God. And I guess she would be an expert on Dead Girls. Ooh. Shots fired! <laughs> Anne Boleyn! Yeah. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> I love the one woman's like, no. <laughs> no, you guys don't get to go there. <laughs> so I will choose to celebrate women instead of uh, encouraging you know, jokes about it. But the thing about Glow Season 2 that blew me away, and, and the thing about Anne's... Oh, God, Al. <laughs> yeah, you know, Anne. I, I also have to drink like three times. Son of a bitch. Drink, drink, drink. My rule is kicking in hard. But so the thing about Glow that really blew me away is it got me thinking about women telling stories and how much stories matter. That's the other thing that's true about Hannah's special about this book, Dead Girls, people getting to tell their own stories and contextualize those stories for us now, whether it's something that they experienced in the past, whether it's their present. And Glow does an unreal job to me this season of not only telling the story of these women, trying to tell the story about women, right? A story about a wrestling league, but telling the story of women in the era in which I've been alive. And it takes place in the 80s. So even though I don't remember that, these are women that could have been my mother. These are mm. women that we would still see alive in the world today. And they wrestle with race. They wrestle with what we would now call the Me Too movement. There is an episode that directly deals with a Harvey Weinstein-esque character. Mm -hmm. And 
They also just wrestle, right? They literally just wrestle. (laughs) And they're seriously all still so funny. And that's what makes it so heartbreaking and powerful to watch this story set in the 80s uh, grapple with this stuff now because you go, you're watching 40 years of history at once. You're watching the past, you're watching the present, and you're getting to see women take control of that narrative. And we've seen it happen in reporting a lot too. Obviously, survivors getting to share their stories or reporting being done on the stories is part of that. And yet that fictional lens, Mm -hmm. I can't identify what seems so important about it to me, but seeing it in a constructed narrative brought it all back for me and was a revelatory experience watching this episode. Mm -hmm. Because it also doesn't go full tilt into to tie it to horror it's still a comedy show it still remains a comedy show even as it's doing this episode but the horror never leaves that moment Mm. that that tension creeps in in the way you were describing eric and i just sat there going like i have so much work to do as a human being and we (laughs) do as a culture and i can't believe a show that's this funny and this ridiculously broad and amazing gave me that story on top of everything else it's a fucking amazing season of television. Right. It's smart and savage, just like the wrestling in it. And I drink to glow. To glow. Yeah, to glow. It's great. It's also got one of just the sickest writers' rooms of any show. Holy out there. god! Just like a fucking all-star team of people. And they've all written episodes this season. Like it's, I think Carly and Liz so far have only written two of the ones. They wrote the first episode and the seventh episode, uh-huh. and they've been rotating writers on every other one. That's and you amazing. can feel all those different voices in the show this season. It's really. Did you guys watch the first season? Yes. Yeah. I've only seen a couple episodes. Very quickly. I I also had only seen a few. It was actually very painful for me to watch the first one as an actor because I kept thinking like, oh, it's almost too close to home. I have <laughs> I have trouble watching shows about acting. I haven't yeah. really dealt with Barry yet to the degree that I could because oh, we can talk about Barry. <laughs> I actually I I I disliked a lot of it, but on at the end, it's worth going through because I think by the end, it really sort of like gels into the style that it is yeah but the the main issue with barry is so much has anyone else seen it so much of it deals with the acting class that barry is in you have to drink okay (laughs) Okay. is it anytime eric talks about acting or it is not acting no it is not class no it's not class i never talk about class (laughs) i don't talk about things i don't have oh i bailed on that yeah um, Believe in yourself, but it's it's it it doesn't always know what tone it's going for because Barry's going through some real. You have to drink. God damn it! <laughs> it's just the word title Barry. characters. It's not Barry or title characters. This is the meanest role I've ever come up with, and I'm sorry to all of us. That's in advance. great. That's great. So whenever this gentleman, yes, um, the eponymous hero of the show, yes, uh, is in. He's going through all this real shit, and there's a there's a there's a really um, wonderful dramatic element of that, and the acting class is complete slapstick. Everybody's so mm. bad, comically bad. Yeah, it's so diluted and unrealistic, yeah. and mocking in a way that would maybe be a little more okay if the if the real parts of the show weren't so real. But it's it it seems kind of. It, it felt at times like a missed opportunity in mm. terms of actually giving some credit to what that is also instead of it. It's really just the same joke over and over again about these 
all of these people who are aren't actors have, weird? <laughs> yeah, but it's it's also you know they every time there's a scene class, um, people are just awful yeah. in an embarrassing like not even middle school bad like 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 the the kid who was the sheep in the church like nativity <laughs> play like giving them a copy of um you sweet know sweet bird of youth yeah exactly saying like <laughs> there you go that's the level at which some of the people in the class are kind of are 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 performing mm. and it's it's just sort of so easy it's such an easy joke yeah, yeah. everybody who Every all of the actors are great and they really commit to that thing, but I think just conceptually it's a little bit weird having those juxtaposed anyway. <laughs> Drink. <laughs> Grunting. I love that we all did it again. We, like, let's, we yeah, let's make everybody that's an, for everybody drink. We're, yeah. we're the only group I've had on this podcast that whenever the drinking room comes up, everyone's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 looking for an excuse, baby. Sunday, one o'clock, like <laughs> why not? the week we've had, why not? I got one wake up wrap in my stomach and I'm ready to go. <laughs> do, are you ready to go with your all drink set? Do you have one that you want to Um Mine is pathetic. Uh, and <laughs> wonderful. I was I was I'm like, very excited. Uh, uh, Leaning in. Lean in, yes. lean in. Uh, I was going to. Well, first I was because last time I I brought up uh, a book that you wrote. Uh, <laughs> yes, which uh, is an awesome really book, by the way. Did you read it? Uh -huh. Did you yeah, it's real good, it's right? So good. Uh, um, uh, and so I was like, maybe I'll just bring in some more book recommendations because maybe people are looking for good horror books, and I I have a bunch, but I also uh, have one other thing that uh, I've been doing lately uh, that I'll drink to, even though it's again very pathetic. Uh, but I've been learning how to play the bass. And it's very fun, and I recommend it to everybody. That is not pathetic at all. Yeah, that is awesome. Wonderful. I'm a bass player, so I'm inclined yeah. to be like, that is not pathetic. That's the best thing you could do with your life. <laughs> that is the most underrated instrument and the core of most bands. It's true, though. It totally There's a reason is. why Sting played it, and Paul McCartney played it. Yeah. And Mark Hoppus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere Mark Hoppus's ears are burning. Huh? Huh? Did someone say my name? <laughs> What's my name again? What's my name again? <laughs> uh, age. Well, how old yep. am I? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been finding it like a really relaxing. I've got like a bunch of like uh, writing deadlines and stuff like that to, yeah. uh, to uh, stare down. Uh, and I've been a guitarist for about 20 something years. Uh, rhythm guitarist, yeah. uh, and I have always struggled with uh, playing lead guitar. I am pathetic at playing lead guitar, uh, and like I've been playing for multiple decades. I should know where fucking notes are on a neck, uh, and I just can't do it. But I picked up bass, uh, and it's such a big, dumb instrument, and it's so <laughs> like I've got four strings, and just put your hands here. Uh, <laughs> And it like it was like a fucking duck to water. It was like, oh yeah, I'll just play these pedestrian notes, and now I'll try a little little flourish, and ooh, and that, that, that. Uh, and so it's been really gratifying. Like I've been learning like music theory through it, stuff I should have known for most of my life. I'm now as a as an old man, being like, I've, I I get this now. That's the cycle of fifths. That's amazing. Oh boy. So my all drink to that is believe in yourself. Uh, yeah, yeah. The rest yeah, is up to me and you, and don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> my um, my my roommate, or not my roommate, but uh, one of the people who I lived with in a, like a suite of rooms my sophomore year of college, 
was learning how to play the bass during that time. I'm so sorry. And we shared a wall. <laughs> and he, he became quite good, actually, and really, really committed to it and got into it. But there was a period of, God, three or four months where it just felt like I was living in a bad Seinfeld episode. Because bo, 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 bo. every time I came in or like, I mean, he got good because he practiced yeah. a lot. And right. so <laughs> that sweet mate was Flea. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> Next on the show. <laughs> Here we go. We'll find out why Eric never borrowed socks from his roommate. <laughs> it was Flea. The shards. <laughs> But coming up better than Ezra. <laughs> <laughs> KG Tunstall. And, oh my God. That's incredible. Well, now I know what the cold open of this episode is. <laughs> That's such a cool. I love that as an object to that. That's so awesome. Thanks. I'm, Thanks, guys. I love that. Thanks for letting me be vulnerable. Aw. My turn. <laughs> Enough of that shit. So my I'll drink to that um, is actually something that Nat brought into my consciousness. <laughs> yes. um, it Which is... was going to be my backup I'll drink to that, but I decided to let Sarah have it. Oh, thank you for your <laughs> kindness. <laughs> I was going to take it from you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it is a YouTube series called Kill Count. I don't know this show. I don't either. So I good. didn't either until Nat tagged me on Twitter because he's doing Franchise Fridays this year. And he just went through all of the saws and then was starting the purges. And Nat was like, he's courting your viewership specifically. And I was like, you know what? When you're right, you're right. And I have, he's got like 80 videos. I'm mm -hmm. nearly done watching them all. Um, <laughs> because that's And each just... one is like 20 minutes long. Yeah. It's... I, as someone who has watched them all. I'm watching it will them on like life. trains. and franchise or is each one Each, like he did eight saw oh, episodes. Okay. He did he, he did all three of the purges now. He's done all the child's plays, all the Friday the thirteenth, and then he does standalones. He does like get out, he did your next, he does like obscure Thanks Killing. Thanks killing. <laughs> A movie I never crossed one and two. Watched both of those. Uh, <laughs> I like now I've even moved on to like his video game playthroughs. Like it's a problem. Yeah, his video game playthroughs. Yeah, yeah he like does Stardew Valley. God of War. <laughs> Stardew Valley. Even... Sorry, it's the only game I'm playing right now. I'm obsessed with it. And Ellen is obsessed with it. Chad is obsessed with it too. I she like we have a we have a system where she names all of the new animals and yes! and we have a little ritual where at the end of the night we'll have sort of grapes, popcorn, hang out, watch some TV, which has become, hey, um, we will you play Stardew Valley for a little while? <laughs> and so I will play the game and she will watch it and like kind of backseat drive like, well, no, you need to go get the algae so that you can give it to this person and increase your friendship points and all that. Anyway, it's really great. So, so, so there is an episode about that. Yeah. <laughs> all the people killed in Sandy Valley. The farming game. All the people well, killed in the farming while game. You're having like a delightful moment with your wife. I'm sitting literally alone in my room, being like, "Dead Meat James is awesome, guys." <laughs> like, he's, he's very shippable. He's adorable. Yeah. He's like this ginger beardy guy, and he just loves talking about on-screen death. And I'm like. Yay! <laughs> so is it is it one word or is meat like a middle name? 
he does two words, right? It's yeah, dead, dead meat. Dead meat. meat. Yeah. Dead meat. Okay. James and a. that's Janice. his channel, James A. Janice. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kill count. Haunts me now. Be good people. Be good people. That's his. That's his sign off. <laughs> He's but like, I'm is he Edward R. Murrow of our Gen 2? Yeah, yeah, he's he's. It's really. You think it wouldn't be compelling because that was sort of my resistance to it. Where like, okay, so you're just going through the the body counts in a franchise, and actually, like, he follows his own rules. He's like, you know what? If I, I've got to see him die on screen, um, I watched Killer Clowns from Outer Space that episode Classic. yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, despite the fact mm-hmm. that I'm literally, I'm I do not like clowns. Clowns terrify me and these clowns were really freaky and upsetting but i was like well you know i'm running out of episodes better power through this one and does that make it hard to watch basically any rob zombie film yeah no because they're not like clown clowns like i'm much more terrified of like the circus pancake makeup yeah Mm -hmm. (sighs) not like the clowns in the white house am i right guys (laughs) oh Just gonna keep powering on through. <laughs> Just like all of us every week, powering on through. But yeah, so I, I mean, just I mean to wrap it up, like he's super funny. I would really recommend it. Um, How long has he been doing it? A little over a year, it seems like. Yeah. I, I keep looking at Nat because he's the one that like brought me into this cult friends. that I'm yeah. in now. Um, but like, I started with the Saw episodes. They're super solid. They're drink, really funny. Anytime Sarah talks about Saw, no, not anytime Sarah talks about. So you have to drink also. Anytime you say the past participle of the verb see. That's a great guess and no. <laughs> I'm so bad at making rules. <laughs> <laughs> it legit gave me anxiety <laughs> for the last episode. And for this episode, I was on the train thinking, what could my rules be? And I came up with a couple, but they're bad. They probably won't even come up. <laughs> and, and I'm just... I'm I'm using this time today to learn how to be okay with that. <laughs> this is your playing base. Yes. 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 This moment is your playing base. You can do it. Practice. We're all accepting okay. ourselves. I accept the fact that most of my evenings this week have been lost to watching Kill Count videos, and that is my all drink. You also have to drink. And we will all drink to Kill Count. Yay. I have to drink shit. Okay. Yeah. Multiple steps happening. Scott has to drink shit. I have to drink shit. On the show. On the show. <laughs> is it when you say the title of a movie or TV show? It's close, but it's a little more complicated than that. Great. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of complicated, my God, the past seven days, we're going to have to dive into whatever the fuck it was we just lived through. So let's rip that Band-Aid off and do the Weekly Rewind. <laughs> Oh, you could make shart references a plenty for the week that was, and shart week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was, to... <laughs> I was trying to come up with like the theme of the week, and it was gonna be, but no chill. But I'm changing it to shart week right here and now because that's it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. there's there's no other way to describe it. But the problem is that like. Uh, the 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 stomach cramps are still there. Like, there's just so much more sharding left to go. <laughs> there's a perpetual state of belly distension that happens every yeah. time you wake up and read the news this week. And, and I really thought I, it's hard for me to remove politics from the equation because it's all politics. Mm-hmm. But I can't 
we were joking before we came in here, uh, Eric and I, that we were trying to imagine the person who actually looks at this week and goes, God damn, yeah, that was great. And I think even if you like the policies that were put forth this week, even if you are that person, which I still have trouble fathoming, Mm -hmm. like there was enough collective anxiety and awful happening everywhere that I can't believe you wouldn't wake up with stomach cramps. And if you are someone who cares about, you know, baby concentration camps, then this week was particularly difficult for you. The, The scary thing is, though, that there are those people. Yeah. And like there are those there are there and I feel like there are two tiers of them. There's the type of people uh who were, you know, the 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 fuck you Trump voters anyway who were like I want to destroy this. I want to throw a, a grenade into the system and fuck you. I don't I think he's awesome. I love that he insults people and that's all I care about. I don't care about policy. I just love that he's a big middle finger. Fuck everything. And then so they're the probably the people who were like, yeah, it was fucking great. I don't care. And then there are uh forget it might have been a, a Rachel Maddow thing or or you know one of our one of our bubble uh news organizations uh uh mm. that that <laughs> <laughs> bubble uh who uh like broke down how uh you know Fox News which is the most watched cable news channel in the world uh how uh most Fox views uh Fox News viewers have never heard the recording of the children crying in the concentration camps. And so, like, they don't even fucking know. So, of course, they think that, you know, liberals slash any person with a fucking conscience is freaking out right now because they don't even know what's happening. So they just see everybody being like, this is outrageous! Oh, my God! Oh, my God! And they're, you know, even level-headedly being like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? They've lost their mind. Trump derangement syndrome. Blah, 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 blah. The the bubble stuff. Um, um, that the, uh, it was someone, actually one of my supervisors at work last night, um, was mentioning, um, like, oh, you know, we all, we're, we need to accept that we're in this bubble and we need to, and, and I kind of, I, I kind of, I didn't realize how much it had been on my mind recently, how, how so stupid that Mm -hmm. that whole construct is especially being somewhere here where i and i ended up saying you know the bubble thing gets really frustrating when i'm uh, like i'm from iowa and i grew up in small towns in the midwest and the reason i'm here is because i knew the culture there and chose to go somewhere else and the inverse is not true yeah they're in the bubble (laughs) And we and, chose to integrate with the rest of the world, right? Yeah. Right, and so and so th- there's there's something just so inherently false about that um, that that entire construct. It's like the embodiment of the New York Times running profiles of Trump voters yeah. ad nauseum. Like, fuck you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it takes zero to burst the bubble given the internet. Like, okay, let's say the bubble exists. You, if I can fucking get the previously mentioned Drake album by clicking two buttons, mm-hmm. I can find a news story that's a little bit beyond my supposedly constructed purview. Yeah. It's not hard to go to an alternative source or maybe Google what's going on. A million things are recapping it. And it's, like, it's not hard to fact check either. Mm-hmm. Like if you are – takes two seconds. If, if you are – for some reason, a Fox News viewer, and you do somehow have the wherewithal to question something, you can do a Google on it. And like, 
as long as you get over your own like preconceived notions of like liberal bias because like first of all we do not have a liberal media like <laughs> God, not it's at all. it's not a thing it's like, a corporatist media exactly yes you can you can get outside of that notion yeah and people are just choosing not to and i don't think it's I don't think we're living in that bubble. I just want to add that I really like the phrase. I was do a Google. Say that too. <laughs> do a Google. You're welcome. And that's my new. I'll drink to that. I'd like to, <laughs> drink to do a Google. To doing a Google. Yay! <laughs> but it's 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 so true. It has never been easier to uh, to expand your 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 worldview to check your sources and stuff like that. And I, it's it's terrifying that. Uh, some people don't even have the instinct to to do that, and I, I think it's very telling. It's kind of appropriate that we're we're going to be talking about horror today. That like there are just some people that are so fucking scared all the time that all they need is some white blonde lady to come on TV and be like, "You're right to be scared. Everything is awful except for you know this this strong man in the White House who's going to protect you." And so just be scared. Just be scared. What? You fucking see, like Trump tweeted yesterday about. Uh, I for, I'm, now I'm forgetting if he tweeted you it. You have to drink, too. Uh, every time I choke back vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about One. that role and then was like, no. Uh, I forget if he tweeted or if it was a uh, uh, part of the transcript from his uh, Maria Bartolomo uh, interview that airs today or something like that. But he was oh, like, Lord. if if fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking uh, ice fucking disappears, then uh, you'll find that people will be afraid to fucking leave their house. Like, I'm adding the fuckings, because I fucking have to. But, like, he was, like, he was literally saying, if ice goes away, America will turn into a hellhole. And this is the American carnage fucking inaugural speech. Like, these people hate America so much, and all they want you to do is be afraid, be afraid, be afraid. Yeah. And burn it down. I'm going to say this, too, about the fuckings in his speeches. They're like <laughs> Pennywise in the photos in It. All right. you got to do is, like, look there. real closely, and they're fucking there. Yeah. <laughs> they're just there waiting to jump yeah. out at you. You know it. Uh, but and to your point, like, they people I, – and I, I understand this in the sense of, like, when you are scared, you want a narrative. That's super important. It gives yeah. form and structure. And a simple one. A simple one. That's a that's a human instinct. The other thing that's been driving me nuts this week to connect it to that, whether it's been about the zero tolerance policy or whether it's been about Anthony Kennedy resigning, any of the big <laughs> things, particularly though with the zero tolerance thing, is I've seen the argument like, yeah, but Obama wasn't great on this either. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's technically correct. He was not perfect on this. Mm-hmm. That already happened. Right. Yeah. That yeah. happened. We can talk about that happening. Good. Let's relearn what that was if we have to collect some or correct some collective amnesia. But let's actually deal with the zero tolerance yeah. camp. Yeah. Like talking about Obama doesn't change the fact Last, that his policy is happening. The past two weeks, the the phrase like, well, it was bad under Obama, too, <laughs> was basically just a, 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 a pseudo intellectual way of saying, well, I still don't want to care about this. Yeah. 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 Well, and there's there's such a and this this, I think, is. It happens across the full ideological spectrum, but I think there are instances where it is the most dangerous in kind of conservative mindsets because I think that, I don't know, and this might be my own bias, but it seems sure. like there is less of a willingness to uh, be challenged by mm-hmm. things. Because um, it's but, scary. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and there is there is a tendency to seek out 
information that validates mm -hmm. your pre-existing um, uh, opinion, uh, emotional stance on a particular topic. And um, it's just so difficult to navigate, really, I mean, for anybody. There are super liberal yeah. people that, you know, in 2016, it was just as bad. Oh, and that's yeah. part of the reason why we're where we are. It was yeah. the confirmation bias election. Yeah. Everybody saw Absolutely. the thing that they were like, they felt justified in thinking. And I think it, 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 it um, I mean, I think that this idea has been around for a while, but I remember, God, however many years ago, 25 years ago, David Foster Wallace wrote an essay where I think he described it, or it might not have even been an essay, it might have been like a, like a preface to something yeah where um where he uh, and i don't know that he coined this term but maybe he did the, the total noise i think is mm. what it was called where sort of basically um and it might have even been speculation at that point i think that's how long ago it was kind of yeah. beginning of the internet kind of stuff where you know at some point every opinion and perspective is going to be available in this sort of equal level to the point where it's all going to essentially be meaningless, hard to decipher what's true, what's uh, not, um, um, and, and, and also harder to decipher truth versus fact. Yeah. Because everybody's got their truth, right. but, like, there are facts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are things that, uh, that are undeniably accurate yeah and we do lose sight of that these days and, and and what's amazing is that usually the fact is what spins us off into the fiction mm -hmm. like how quickly just the act of say anthony kennedy resigning or um what's her name who won the primary be um in new york becomes a boilerplate for think pieces that have no grounding in reality. Oh, yeah. we're, 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 Ocasio-Cortez? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to remember. I was like, I'm going to mispronounce her name, which is the whitest male thing I could do, <laughs> and I don't want to do it, um, because uh, just living my truth of being white and male, but like, just like... <laughs> also the, a fact. Also, also, also <laughs> an actual fact. But I, I was stunned, even in our age, for how quickly that led to stuff that was like... Oh, yeah. Now and, she's and like no a government anymore. burning down socialist Nazi monster oh, who's going to Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. A uh, fucking uh, uh Bob Menendez uh, uh uh Senator uh Senator Menendez uh said uh not the, stuttering John. Not stuttering John, but the name that stuttering John <laughs> pretended to be uh uh cuz our president's a fucking joke baby nightmare. Uh, uh who listens to the shard. <laughs> Uh, the show is a great radio station. DJ Joke Baby Nightmare coming <laughs> at you. He does the morning zoo. He does. And Trump thinks he's the fucking ambassador to like Greece or something. Benjamin Breaking uh, Benjamin is an <laughs> underrated band. They are playing my next inauguration. <laughs> the best in butt rock. <laughs> uh, but Bob Menendez was like, I, I was speaking to a constituent the other day who was yelling at me that I want open borders. And he's like, I've never seen said that and the constituent was like well i saw it on fox news so it's true and like how how do you argue with that yeah no you can't no. because it's just like i saw this thing and i'm gonna believe it and any anytime you're like well check out this other thing that that rebuts that they'll be like well then that thing is bias and wrong yeah and it's yep. like fucking i when the history of our species is written or at least you know the 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 21st century american species uh, I think the 24-hour news network will go down as like that. That was the cancer that ultimately did us in. Yeah. Yeah. Because a 
uh, there's so much room for that noise, and there's so much room for constant spin that just obliterates any sense of of objective truth. Yeah. And then B, like if if you want to be sympathetic about it, like how how the fuck do you fill all that time? Like you have to just talk about shit. You have to just like make shit up or like find a controversy to just invent out a whole cloth. Whatever else Anchorman Two is, it nails that with yeah. the having to fill the time. Like that scene where they are on starting from midnight to seven, and they fill it with every godforsaken thought yeah. that, that comes out of their respective brains, whether it's Brick or Ron or anybody. I'm like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. That's that's what happens. There's something to be said for the the old dynamic of the evening news, where it's just somebody being like, "Here's all the stuff that happened." Okay, good night, and, and then like you go and live your life. And I think it's the idea of being able to trust a person, right? The idea with television was you were letting someone into your home, and by letting that person into your home, you're going to trust them. And what we've now revealed through a lot of various means, whether that's corporate uh, entities driving an agenda or, you know, the reveal that, yeah, our heroes are very, very fallible is not only trust harder to come by, but the other thing we turn to is the internet where it's very, very faceless, and we're trying to establish what truth is is Mm -hmm. on the internet like another fascinating thing that happened this week that i don't even have the wherewithal to dive into was it what we like to call him too on this program where we check in with who's done what to women and been awful (laughs) um as we continue exploring (laughs) this sounds like fun it's super fun but there was this whole thing of um both chris hardwick uh chloe dykstra came to defend him which was interesting Mm -hmm. but the reason it was interesting to me was it related to charges that were levied against Maynard James Keenan, mm-hmm. lead singer of Tool, who was accused of raping someone. And what was fascinating was like Reddit turned into a forum for due process. <laughs> there were there were truly, if you haven't gone to this message board, and again, I have I my parents are lawyers. Like I believe in a I like courts of law matter to me. Mm-hmm. So I see this stuff on a Reddit forum and I'm like, can we can we please believe the women and then deal with this legally? Yeah. But what was fascinating was like watching actually a bunch of women duke out both sides of this on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um, one who defended him with actual receipts of having been there on that evening and being a regular, in her own words, like self professed groupie that sleeps with him and spends time with him. And the people who were detailing their whole stories. And I'm like, this is... Are we going to hit a point where due process happens on the internet? Mm. Like, is mm. that going to be a thing we do? And a, I'm a man, so like, I'm like, I shouldn't even get it. It's not my, it's not my thing to decide. Yeah, and crowdsource to justice. Crowdsource justice. I'm like, are we headed towards that? It's like the, and, the and legal I, version of GoFundMe, or something. right? <laughs> yeah. and, and 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 like to and that to me is where it ties to the news cycle. Like, we're looking for something to trust and ground ourselves in, yeah. and I don't, I don't know where that's going to come from. I have no idea. Yeah, like, are we going to get a collective thing that we can all believe in again, whether it's a person, a network, and anything? I think uh, it's it's. I'm a big this this will be my segue. Yeah, uh, but I'm a big believer in uh, how horror holds up a mirror to uh, uh, the neuroses and the and the anxieties of a culture at a given time. Uh, and it was you know it was fascinating to watch like in the the early two thousands, early to mid. Uh, aughts, whatever the fuck you call that time, the tens, the early tens, 
Tenzies. The Tenzies. But also like the pre-Tenzies, like the the uh, the 8s, the 8s and 9s. Uh that how that zombie boom was was yeah. uh, was so prevalent, and it's yeah. because like that was that also corresponded directly with the the complete integration of the internet into our lives. So that yeah. feeling of like the faceless hordes just being around us all the time, and also everyone was fucking freaking out about terrorism. So it was like, yeah. what yeah. what what are these like? What are these people that look human and look like me, but they want to kill me? And how do I run away from that? And how do I live in a world post that? And it's interesting to watch now. How there are so many more uh, I don't trust myself stories. So many more like I think I'm going insane. I think I am losing grip on who I am or who uh, I thought I was. And just this feeling of like not being able to grab your identity. And, and uh, like Hereditary was, a, was, a, was an excellent example of that. Of like I am either losing my mind or someone is out to get me or maybe both. Uh, and it seems like there have been, uh, uh, like, uh, the witch and, and other, uh, Babadook. the Babadook, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, they're, they're all kind of grappling with sanity and this idea of like, I don't know what objective tr- it follows is another one where like, is that person walking towards me because they want to kill me or am I just being paranoid? The, the Purge franchise, yeah. right? Totally yeah. deals with like, yeah. what is the person next to you going to do? I, I think fucking Annabelle off. even. Yes. I think that given the the conversation about sort of like the news and types of horror, I think that um, it would be only fair um, if at some point, not to put you on the spot, but um, I believe we have in the studio one of the great defenders of the Purge franchise. Oh, I was... And I, and hey, I, everybody. I, and I think, that, <laughs> I think that we would be remiss uh, if we did not... Um, allow this person to give her her full-throated uh, 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 <laughs> due process of the purge. Due du- du- purge-sis. <laughs> Guys, I've had a lot of whiskey. <laughs> you really oh. sharted that one out, Eric. Yeah. Fantastic. I am episode title, due purge-sis. And, and, and truly, and I think we have officially kicked off our discussion about horror with yeah. that, but this is actually a very big week for the purge, it's not true. Oh, the purge, purge prequels purge. coming out on July 4th. Independence Day. The purge trailer dropped this week for the television series, and it that looks doing. cool. It looks my cool. jaw hit my fucking sternum when they first released the poster to the first purge, and oh, it was the God. fucking MAGA it was hat. The MAGA hat. <laughs> oh God! Well, because like, <laughs> right. it's been. The, the the Purge movies have largely come out, here we go, <laughs> largely come out like pre-Trump, right? Yeah. But there was a predictive quality to a lot of it. Um, yes. And to see it embrace that and go like, okay, well, we've sort of accidentally, kind of accidentally stumbled on something here with the concept of like the New Founding Fathers and like how the 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 beginning of The Purge is very... You have to drink. Actually, twice. I'm sorry. I missed one earlier. That's fine. And it's not saying the name of a franchise. It's not saying the name. It Names are involved, but it's not. It's only the name in question at a certain point. This rule is kind of based on a horror thing from the 90s. That, like, I know that's a weird thing to say, but like this thing with names, and it's based on a horror thing from the 90s. That's the mm. best hint I can give. Is that if we say it five times into a it's mirror? It's not five times. It's not five times into a mirror. <laughs> it's not but the Candyman rule. It is. It is. It totally is. What? It's the 
it's off the table. It's oh, shit. Okay. What? So what? It's, it's how many times you say the name of something, and then if it came out, I did three times because I wanted, I was, oh. I, I was shortening it. You've been sitting here thing. counting this whole time? Yes. I've been saying anytime a name has wow. come up three times and then it's come up again, you have to drink what? for every time that name has come up. But because I literally wrote down the rule Candyman, <laughs> got it, and it's off the board. I wrote Candyman on my list of favorite horror movies. Because I have to amazing. write down a list because otherwise my mind will go right. blank. Otherwise it's going to go. But the Candyman rule is now off Take the that, board. Tony Todd. Boom! You're the rocket man, Tony. Farewell to the flesh. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I also appreciated Bye-bye, your rock reference, and I don't want that to hey, go unheeded. Listen, I appreciate it. We, we know our Tony That, God, By the is... way, I know we have to talk about the purge, but that I'm... moment in The Rock is one of my favorite completely ridiculously convoluted punchline moments in any... <laughs> Wait, the rocket man thing? <laughs> yeah, where he's yeah. like, <laughs> do you like Elton John? No, I hate that soft shit. Oh, well, that's too bad, because he's got a song, The Rocket Man. You ever heard of it? No, I, I think I know that song. Oh, that's interesting, because, well, it's you. You're the rocket man. And then he fires the rocket, and that's like seven steps too many for just, like, he should just say, like, yeah, Elton John's great. Yeah, you're the rocket man. Boom. But there's like 25 minutes of setup for this little button. It's amazing. Yeah, well, and it's also, it's, it's also that, that really great thing that weirdly, um, you know, like the Michael Bay, Jerry Bruckheimer, like, is actually pretty good at sort of making work that kind of I'm going to kill you, but first we're going to have a conversation yeah. about Elton John. Let's banter. For a while. Yeah. It's that post-Tarantino, like, we got to get a few pop references in here. And I'll be real, and I'm going to lead it right back to The Purge. I always think of the person that has to score those moments, like Hans Zimmer <laughs> having to be like, I yep. got 25 seconds of music to underscore, like, this ostensible bit of comic yeah. tension building. All of Hans Zimmer's scores just have that bird's eye above it, just like, fucking vamp, just vamp, just, just, just vamp. vamp. Just hold that note, hold you that note. Nicholas Cage is on to something. Let's just give him this. I <laughs> I would love to see Nicolas Cage in a Purge movie to try and segue oh it back. I really Oh my god, he yes. Crushing that. He should be did the first guys, founding father. Did you guys see Mom and Dad? Yes. No. It's really good. Tell me about so it. So good. Um there's it's Nicolas Cage plays a father. Mm-hmm. Who's who's his wife? Selma Blair. I'm in. Selma Blair. Selma Blair. Yeah. Selma Blair. Um where in in their community parents just start killing their children. And it's like this yeah. cul-de-sac situation, and you get to watch. <laughs> it's really good. It's so. It's a flip on good. the killer kid kind of genre, cool. except now it's killer parents. Yeah. But you're telling me it's a fucking cul-de-sac? Yeah, it's a fucking <laughs> cul-de-sac. There's a movie. There's a scene, and this is where it got me. Where I was like, "Oh, I, I am the demographic for this." It's like Nick Cage freaking out, like intensely monologuing in a Misfits T-shirt. I, I was okay. like, <laughs> "The Misfits T-shirt help," and you were like, "It's Nick Cage." freaking out i was gonna ask for a little more specificity <laughs> i mean i'm i'd be on board with just that like that's, i'd watch that. that's redundant mandy yeah. is gonna rock your side i'm off. so excited for mandy because that movie was directed by the same person that did the movie beyond the black rainbow which yeah i don't know if you guys have seen yeah, yeah. i love I that movie it's real good it's really good it's the visuals in that movie are so like Intense and ominous, and I just loved it so much. Is it streaming anywhere? Uh, I found it on Shutter, and I think oh. it's still there. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which is a great investment for our listeners out there. Yeah. Shutter's four ninety nine a month, and it's great. I, I was gonna be like, Shutter sponsored this episode, but truly, we should sponsor them. Like, yeah. they, they Shutter deserves <laughs> everything. Kicking a few bucks to Shutter. Get. No. Yeah. Please go on Shutter if you yeah. like horror movies, guys. Oh my god! I I I will say about the Purge movies. I love that we keep trying to bring it back. I'm like, guys, it's fine. We can we can move forward. I will defend them too. Like, Hell yeah! I I am less supportive 
less, not entirely unsupportive, but just less metrically supportive of your defense of the Saw franchise. But I think the Purge franchise is, is uh, I would say right now they're two for three as far as like movies that I think are better than I would have expected. I thought the first one was kind of bleh. But two and uh, uh, Anarchy and Election Year, I think, are very worth watching. I really like Anarchy. Yeah, Anarchy is great. Well, and I think that the first one, I agree, but I also think it's almost like the Saw thing, also where the the first one gets bonus points for sort of introducing yeah. the concept. Yeah, and I, it, it, yeah. Because mm. now we're like, now you're just like lobbing shit at me. Where it's just like, nope. we're, we're going to talk about the Purge, and here's your in to talk about the Saw movies. Because um, I very much do Hostile. not. No, shut up. <laughs> Don't get me started. Blueberries. We'll be here. Shh. Stop. I'm Last not, house on the left. I'm not going to. Guys, let's talk about Death Wish. Oh, wait. Nobody saw it. Nope. Neither did I. You know what? Because I. Fuck I, that. Fuck that shit. I, Green Inferno burned me too badly. And now I am not as full-throated in my support of Eli Roth. So. Yeah. Welcome. There we are. It's a safe place. Yeah. <laughs> it's a moderately safe I, place. I mean, I'll still defend Cabin Fever. And Cabin Fever is great. And I'll still loudly defend Hostel. Hostel's a movie. It is. You know, I enjoyed Cabin Fever 2, and I enjoyed yeah. Hostel 2, actually. I, I did too, Hostel 2 or Hostel as well? With Roger Bart, <laughs> yes. like yeah. doing his massive about face in the third act and crushing it. I love that. Yeah, and then and then getting crushed. Yes, <laughs> in every conceivable way. I mean, way. there it's the it's maybe my my favorite death scene by someone who has won a Tony <laughs> <laughs> for playing Snoopy. <laughs> That's a very specific. It's it's a niche. It's not I got a, a competitive category. No, but it's but... it's got a clear front runner. Yeah. I, mean, I, I gotta say, post Trump era though, I don't hate the hostile movies as much. Well, because here and that was the post George W. Bush torture porn movies. Uh, torture porn's not a thing. It but is a thing. It's not. But <laughs> well, please talk money about shots. Yeah. What was that? Money shots. <laughs> it's a thing. Nope. Uh, but to continue on in the in the vein of what we're saying, like uh, for me, the hostile what your what your point was about it playing in the post Trump era. If you were going to put a George W. Bush era horror movie in a time capsule, it would to me the quintessential is the first hostile. Totally, it's the ugly American trope. Yeah, it's still humorous. It's it's written and directed by cinema at that point consummate bro. Mm-hmm. Like in in those. Yes. That was the voice that we were listening yeah. to, the splat pack or what have you. Like, I think it, I think it holds up. And it does. Uh, it my... does. I only saw it for the first time actually fairly recently. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And... I, I saw it in the theaters. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, that that's all I was going to say. Is that in terms of hold, in terms of it holding up? Yeah. It, what, like I saw it recently and it didn't seem dated. It felt very like relevant yeah i think that's also like there's there's two things that that makes me think one we're actually talking about two areas of horror movies that both happen under conservative presidents like we don't necessarily want to leave politics out of it right but but there is a kind of continuation in a non-judgmental way of like things that happen under republican leaders versus democratic leaders right people are going to respond differently just insofar as like it raises different anxieties and different things begin to come up kind of is what, what I'm thinking. What's what's the best horror movie that came out during the Clinton administration? Scream. 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 Yeah. 
where, where, right? where, where horror needs to look at itself. Or like, yeah. like where the best thing horror can do is kind of look at itself and the be like, The economy was we? great. We were at peace. So it was just kind of yeah. like, let's talk about tropes and get yeah. meta. Yeah. Blair Witch Project, I guess, maybe? It's end, of, end of the Clinton era? Yeah. yeah. yeah Which is also pretty meta. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And has technology anxiety, which was very, very yeah. real back then. I mean, that's when, like, MP3s and the internet are really, like, evolving to the internet that we know now. And I think there Napster. is... Napster. Brought to you by Napster. <laughs> the shard. <laughs> LimeWire supported. One megabyte at a time on <laughs> Napster. Get ready to listen to two seconds of old, dirty bastards. <laughs> Baby, I got oh, your money. Oh, goodness. That's real. I know shit. I, in my creative writing class in seventh grade, my teacher was very, very lax. And I used that time to download LimeWire onto my school's <laughs> computer and try to download myself a MP3 of Baby, I Got Your Money. Yeah. And it took me two full classes. Oh, yeah. like... I thought you were going to say that like the rest of the school week was canceled because your network went down with a virus. <laughs> no, I never crashed the network. Or just I... too much bandwidth activity. <laughs> I downloaded ODB. I watched Papa Roach's video for Last Resort. Yeah. I, I did all the things I should have done in seventh grade. Yeah. Um, so, Napster for me was... was was freshman year of college, so that was oh, the first time I had nice. like LAN, uh, uh, oh LAN. God, yeah. Do you pronounce that out? I, I don't know if you pronounce it. I think it's LAN. I've never said it out loud. Uh, I've only read it. Uh, uh, but yeah, so that was like the first time I had like high speed internet, and I, I, I made Napster hum because <laughs> <laughs> you would like literally have to just like start it and then yeah. go have a week of school and then come back and see like, all right, what successfully Ooh. downloaded. And then yeah. you you listen to it. It's like is this is some fucking live version. Yeah, that I didn't even always, watch. always right. Some <laughs> some asshole with a tape recorder that yeah. was at the show that like just held it in the air. <laughs> like, I remember I I fucking I downloaded Use Your Illusion and one of the songs was just like an old R and B song and I was like this isn't Guns and Roses. It's fine, but it's not Guns and Roses. Was what this? The fuck? All of Use Your Illusion, or was it parts just... one? And oh no, two? I'm sorry, it wasn't Use Your Illusion because I already had that on on cassette. It was uh, Appetite for Destruction. Oh, first CD I ever bought. Really? Yeah. yeah. Any listeners we have who are 18 and under just checked <laughs> out? They were like, the "What's a fuck is a?" So, so um um to get back, I yeah uh, to get back to getting back to getting back to something else. Um, you want I want me to just start talking about Saw again. <laughs> no, well, The Purge, just because I know that you have said over and over again that that you sort of. And we've we've kind of touched on this, but you have said numerous times hanging out that you sort of consider it to be the most significant franchise. Capital I important, uh, yes. Yeah, of, <laughs> uh, in the genre in the 21st century. And I'm, I'm just interested in you talking a little more about that. Oh, goodness. Um, all right. I think despite that the first, uh, I was about to say episode, but the first part of the series is like maligned as the worst one. I think it's a good way to start the world building. So I think it's, um, uh, fair to say that it can't be like discounted as part of the canon um, of that franchise. And of course, you know, we're, we're recording this before uh, the first Purge is coming out. So I'm very much going on the three that are already have been released. And we love predicting things on this show. <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's multiple episodes. And... I bet people will be shot. Yeah. Uh, Quite a bit. There will be footage of cars on fire. Uh, and masks for days. There will be some masks <laughs> and some people acting uh, aggressively evil. Yeah. I just I... hope that dude from Insecure makes it. Word. Because <laughs> um, I like me, him a lot. He's great. Yeah, they he's are movies, and especially with the embrace of what the Trump era is now, um, they are movies that are almost devoid of subtext. Mm. And I mm. really respect that. It's all 
I don't want to say it's all surface level because it touches on things like income inequality and viral videos and community organizing race. and race mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. socioeconomic status and uh, and literally conservative government conservative government yeah. and yes. how you know the things that we think will save us are ultimately the things that are going to end up fucking us and over trying to make a sea changing government mm-hmm. election yeah. is nothing if not about the way people react to a huge potential right. change in government right? exactly yeah. yeah and the whole like modern bread and circus kind of yeah. element to it all of like yes. like people the people need this yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. it's my god-given right to perch right. and i'm going to perch and- and actually, this is interesting. I, I I actually agree with you. Even even when I don't love the movies, like I didn't love Election Year, but I had a ton of respect for it because yeah. I mm-hmm. saw what it was going for, and I was like, I want, I would rather this movie exist than not exist. Big time, absolutely, hugely. And the if fact only because it gives Frank Grillo more work. That was actually good. <laughs> yeah. I said. I'm, I'm down for anything that gives Frank Grillo more work. If you put Frank Grillo in something, I am there on opening day. <laughs> Grizzled John Hamm. I love him very so much. So indestructible. He's my, he's my permanent I'll drink to that. Like, I almost I almost That's checked a, out of it Captain It goes without America. saying you should, ha, If like, you haven't, you should watch Wheelman on Netflix. I love Wheelman. I, <laughs> I Facebook status about that movie so hard, which is, that dates me. Like, the kids are like, okay, we're really out on this episode now. But, like, no, Wheelman was amazing. It was really good. But... One of the things that that the first Purge has me thinking and that the franchise has me thinking is not only has it evolved to fit a bunch of our anxieties, right? Mm -hmm. It's almost been a running commentary on the times as they happen. But I was looking at the slate of stuff we've just gone through because I thought, okay, we talked a lot about horror stuff from the past. And I was curious about where it's headed given that we all care about it and are looking at what horror is now. And I was thinking there's a weird running thread between horror movies now of – it was worse than you thought, mm-hmm. which yeah. is to say we're mm-hmm. going back to situations, yeah. whether it's World War II, whether it's killers that we already knew existed in the world, like Michael Myers with the Halloween reboot, right. or whether it's the first Purge as opposed to the Purges we've seen. Oh, oh, oh. damn! Second second uh, 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 can of beer is... Mm-hmm. Yeah. The second mm-hmm. can of beer is go. Mm-hmm. But, but that we're going, it's... That wasn't it, but yes. <laughs> That wasn't the rule. It was just a. Well, it was just a thank you for humoring fact me. that I was. <laughs> See, there are facts. Yes, <laughs> not just think pieces. My yeah. God. Yeah. But, but that it was like it's all been worse than you thought, right? Yeah. Or remembered, mm-hmm. and, and that's a weird kind of balm for us now, in where we're looking at the news and going like, "This shit's insane," and horror movies are there saying like, "It's always yeah. been insane." Like just so you do know, you, and it was worse than you remembered. Do you know what my favorite horror movie of this year has been no. so far? Hereditary is a very close second, but my yeah. number one favorite horror movie of this year is Infinity War. Yep. I love that take. It is a yes. it is a brutal, brutal fucking look at what happens when your heroes can't slash don't win. When I saw it for the third time, um, <laughs> I actually sat and watched it with that lens in mind. Yeah. And yes. The moment when Thor... Spoilers for Infinity War. Oh, it's been uh, out for we've two done months. two episodes yeah, you've done two on Infinity episodes War. <laughs> uh, uh, but the moment when Thor makes his triumphant uh, return with his new axe mm-hmm. and he drives it into Thanos's fucking sternum, and Thanos says, "You should have gone for the head." I have not felt that way in a movie since The Ring, which is one of my other all-time favorite horror movies. When fucking dead-eyed creepy kid goes, "Why did you take her out of the well?" Like yeah. she's She's bad. 
And, <laughs> and then his nose starts bleeding. And then we're like, oh, this movie that I thought was going to have this horrible trite ending is now going to scar me for the rest of my life. Yeah. Uh, and just that feeling of, uh, and I'm trying to remember now, was was The Ring post the 2000 election? Uh, I think it I, was. I think it yeah, was. it was. Think it was. Not Ringu wasn't, though. Ringu wasn't. Ringu wasn't uh, what the ring was. But what the, the ring yeah, was. The uh, Watts, and that might be like, why it felt like such yeah, a touchstone but, movie also, because yeah. it, it, uh, we were... Yeah, it's Naomi Watts, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, no, I think it was like 2002. And, and I do think that that may have been purposeful. I mean, like, Gore Verbinski, who I'll, I will defend. Like, I think sure. I, I think he actually, like... His films Rango. Rango. <laughs> I love Academy Award winning Rango. Oscar winner Rango. Did Ringu do... and Rango. <laughs> Didn't he do the first Pirates of the Caribbean? He did the first Pirates of the Caribbean. He did the first three Pirates of the first Caribbean. Pirates, yeah, yeah, yeah. First Pirates of the Caribbean is a movie I saw in theaters six times. My, my, I, I, <laughs> is it a my, hot summer? Yes. My, <laughs> my, my, um, He's going to buy you an air conditioner. <laughs> this is completely unrelated, but but one of my roommates in college, um, when he saw the first National Treasure movie, yeah. um, it was the best movie review that I've ever heard, I think. Please, what was his, it? His, his review of the National Treasure movie was, it's like Pirates of the Caribbean, but worse, but better. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the poster and sell me a ticket. If there is a movie that I I need for the National Treasures to have a third one, that's all I want. I'm amazed there there's not one in the pike. I think it's been in pre-production or like talks for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I have uh, done a Google on, <laughs> on National Treasure Three, uh-huh. and there is a very active like uh, there. There are lots of message boards about this subject. <laughs> yeah, I don't think there's anything happening now, but it it seems like the demand is there, and fingers crossed. I would truly <laughs> love nothing more than for them to pull a purge and keep up with the times. Right. <laughs> right. Oh my god! Right? Can you imagine? He's like, breaking a... into Mar-a-Lago to try and fucking. Yeah. Like... He's stealing a golden toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to abolish ice. Because it's got, like, <laughs> it's got Vladimir Putin's, like, direct collusion <laughs> under the lid. It's got Vladimir Putin's, like, Snapchat handle on, on, on the underside of the lid. And if it was actually Alec Baldwin playing Donald Trump, but seriously. Right. it's a drama. Like, not for laughs. <laughs> I cannot begin. We gotta fucking get this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Dramatic pans across like the windswept hair. Uh, I would I would see that six times in the theater. Oh, million dollar idea we just came up with. Oh yeah, why is this not happening already, guys? I think we just stumbled on a gold mine. That's incredible. Hopefully, the studio execs will do a Google and find this podcast. (laughs) Hey, you know what? I stand by my phraseology. We'll all get an ampersand before our. If if any famous actor was going to randomly stumble upon this podcast. It's Nicholas Cage. Oh, he's totally got a Google alert. God, I hope so. Yeah, he's just like, I'll do it. Nicholas Cage (laughs) is legitimately my favorite living actor. He's amazing. I love him. My favorite sign at the march yesterday was someone who was the only Cage who was like the only Cage American needs with a picture of Nicholas Cage. And I took a picture of it and I posted it on social media. And um, God, it just made me so happy that a friend of mine was like. Oh, that's my friend, blah blah blah's sign, and then like tagged that person, and then we had a conversation about how great the sign was. <laughs> it was amazing. I went to the march yesterday, and five times I ran into either a a friend or like a little like cluster of acquaintances or something. I don't know if anybody else went. This is another kind of news related thing. 
it, it all blends together like it did last week. I had I had to train people for my job so I couldn't yeah. be there, which was too bad. The the thing that was amazing and disappointing about it, uh, uh, or disappointing yet amazing, is that Ellen and I actually didn't get to go across the Brooklyn Bridge, but it's because the turnout was so much yeah. higher than what was expected that getting from Foley Square to the Manhattan entrance of the Brooklyn Bridge took like three and a half hours or yeah. something. And um, and I, I I don't know how many people came, but I think it was several times more than what they were I kind of so. planning for. That's awesome. And, yeah. and I kept thinking this because I, a friend of the podcast and just friend of mine, uh, Ben Furness, has been on the show before. He did an improv show with me yesterday, and he'd come from the march. And as he said right before we went on stage, he was like, I might have heat stroke. And I was thinking, like, there's a lot of definitions of putting your body on the line. And I'm not going to go into the myriad ways, but certainly marching in that heat oh, yeah. Yeah. is one of them. And I just celebrate everybody that turned out on a beastly hot day yeah. to let their voices be heard. Like, that's not – and on a bridge, that is not nothing. No, you no. can't get off that There is thing. no relief once you're on. That no is shit. a real thing. And, like, yes. as someone who is, is – who has gone to quite a few marches in the last mm -hmm. I don't know, two, two and a half years, um, didn't really do a whole lot of that beforehand. And, and, and some of that has to do with like social anxiety and like, I don't know if I want to yell the chant or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's amazing what a balm it is mm -hmm. to, yeah. to go to um, those events to, to be a part of a march, yeah. whether or not you join a chant, much less like lead a chant or whatever, um, um, there's something really lovely about just sort of like being in a group of people who also care and are worried and the, the yeah. community that that um, I, th I think that is a major uh, it's a, that's another major common denominator in a lot of horror movies in this like post internet uh, saturation age where like we're always so afraid that it's just going to be us in the end or that we're alone yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why these superhero movies have become such a fucking zeitgeist because there is something uh, communal about it and like this shared mythology and this shared cinematic universe where, like, we're watching our toys play together and we're all in a theater with other people who are like, I fucking love Groot. I love Rocket. I love all these things. And, yeah. like, it's this weird joining uh, uh, this dynamic where we're, like, all joined by common interests now. Absolutely. And those common interests allow us to experience feelings that we might not allow ourselves in the everyday. It's yeah. actually something I was wondering with horror moving forward, we touched on it last week, but I was curious as to if there was anything you guys thought like maybe horror was headed towards. And my thought was, I wonder if horror isn't going to finally make like the prestige leap, not just because there's a lot of films that are playing in that ballpark, mm. but because the way that superhero movies are now holding horror, yeah. I'm wondering how many feelings horror movies can hold for the public moving forward. Because I think, I think about Hereditary and Get Out, and I'm like, those were communal yeah. political experiences as much as they were. Shape of Water won Shape the of... fucking Oscar. Right. It's exactly. not a horror movie per se, but it's all the tropes and it's Guillermo uh, del Toro. Yeah, which totally well, makes it that. And it does have those like Guillermo del Toro yeah. like like crazy right. like horrifying. Oh, in the myth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, actually, like I think a lot of your 
playwriting does that too. Even <laughs> yeah. even in something that isn't strictly true um, based in the horror genre, yeah. like you still um, seem to have an interest in finding ways to twist the knife or you know whatever, even if that's not ultimately kind of like the the mo of the right. piece as a whole. My one romance has a disemboweling. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will cop to that. That uh, wrote the screenplay for Set It Up. So, yes, <laughs> spoilers on Set It Up. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice if I got paid to write that? Uh, I, I, oh, Sarah, Sarah has. No, it's fine. Shine no, in. No, 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 that was a great Bill Hader impression, actually. Wow. <laughs> well done. No, what what I was just going to say was, um, as I, I mean, I hope you're right that yes. horror does make this leap into prestige, but I don't think it will. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, just from a practical standpoint, like the movie can get as much critical acclaim as it as it can. Yeah, it's who's voting for it, and there's still such a stigma to like horror movies being trash entertainment, which I think is why I'm so resistant to the torture porn moniker too, because it feels like just some, another way that, you know, That's film criticism can I, tear down. I embrace it because I think it's awesome. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I've, because there there are those two ways you could like hear porn and be like oh, that's either a stigma or that's like a that's true thing to celebrate. Yeah. Uh, and, and and actually, it's funny. Like like I don't know if we'll get to your cutoff today or not. But like one of the things I was thinking with with that was that I I am deeply reticent to stuff that uses prestige as an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Because at that point, you're cutting off the actual truth of your. Uh, of your of your program, whatever that is, yeah, uh, or of your story, and and to me, like I think trash can turn into treasure. That's half of what Ryan Murphy's done. Oh yeah, his whole, his whole oh, career, yeah. right? Love, oh. And I love yeah. Ryan Murphy. I, I say this as someone who loves Ryan yeah. Murphy, but like that's part of like his charm. Yeah, is that absolutely. It's so trashy. Yeah. So so I would hope that someone would look at something yeah. like torture porn and like in in the terminology and find the true art through it. Like, I think yeah. I think we're due for another spate of it too. Like to to jump on what you're saying uh well and there and there are like there are there's also like i could see torture porn being sort of like a a lazily or poorly executed version of like something else mm-hmm. i'm saying this because just 2 days ago i saw there's so much like classic horror that i need to catch up on Was and it martyrs I, did you see martyrs no i haven't oh. seen martyrs yet i watched would you rather oh yeah oh that's because an I was interesting like, one i was like when Jeffrey else am i gonna see that. when else am i gonna see a movie that has both sasha gray and june squib um, <laughs> um, um, i want and, a buddy cop movie immediately and i was great squib <laughs> If I'm, Bad Boys 3 is not Sasha Grant and Jim Squid, yes. not going. A circle pan underneath them. To but the I was I was I was I was impressed at how technically well executed it was, but at the same time, it was clearly like the definition of torture porn in that it has such a thin premise, it has no nuance to it, it is literally just 
a delivery mechanism mm. for a particular set of expectations. And to that point, like I've been to speak of of horror movie classics that you have not seen. I have been going through, oh good God help me, the Friday the 13th franchise. Because yes. I've never seen all of it. Part Tommy six. Jarvis for life. Part six, Jason Lives, drink. Um, <laughs> anytime uh, I mention Tommy Jarvis? Uh, not quite. Corey Feldman? <laughs> not Corey Feldman. <laughs> The guy, whoever the guy played Tommy Jarvis, is there wouldn't were three be Tommy Jarvis. Wouldn't it be great if my if my role were anytime you don't mention Corey Feldman? <laughs> drink, 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 drink. But you could. <laughs> it would kill you. You could very much count the Friday the Thirteenth movies, even though they're like these seminal slasher films, as something like a torture porn because a lot of them, at least the ones that I've finally gotten into, or at least everything past one, is just a. A plot on which to yeah. hang death gags. You want money shots. Yeah. Well, but it is it is something that I think a lot about in terms of horror. I know that the last time that we that we spoke, there was an element uh, that I mentioned a couple of times about this sort of so much of the horror genre being this kind of metaphor for escape, trying in vain to escape the death that you know is coming, and people like. Uh, there, there are so many kind of masked monster characters yeah. mm-hmm. that I think are such an embodiment of that. Even in something like the Friday the Thirteenth movies, which like most of them are are really bad, even like ones that are delightful. Mm-hmm. That there is this element of like contending with and trying to understand and understand the motivations of and escape from this like physical embodiment of death that is inescapable and that you can't you can't rationalize with there's there's no reason why it's going after you it just is yeah Yeah. Yeah, after the second one which is the first time that jason's the killer like there's no motivation anymore like he's just this hulking presence with like a bolt of lightning behind him that's just he is the living embodiment mm-hmm. of death well then around five there's another motive because then it winds up being an ambulance driver <laughs> yes right but then comes six Jason Lives which is basically a Frankenstein movie yeah honestly it's a comedy six is probably my six favorite is cool. so it's my favorite it's <laughs> awesome resurrection by fucking uh, steel post resurrection uh, by uh, Horshack from yeah, Welcome Back Ron Palillo R.I.P. <laughs> and uh, 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 whoever whoever directed I think like was very yeah. Yeah. conscious I can't remember the name of the person but I've, I've, I've I'm it's it's a no. movie that I really really like Dexter Holland um, yeah <laughs> it, was. it was people don't talk about that enough that that there part of the reason why it's so good and it is I think kind of an artistic triumph yeah. is it that it knows what it is that he was kind of like I'm directing the sixth one of these. God damn. Okay. Well, like, let's make it just like a weird kind of campy monster movie. Yeah. And a hundred percent success. Yeah. Yeah. It one, totally works. One of my favorite yeah. trends in horror movies is direct to video sequels that are so much better than they oh, yeah. be because the director just goes, fuck it. Like wrong turn two. Yeah. Joe Lynch. Oh, yeah. yes. I, I, I don't love know Joe it. Lynch oh, so much. Joe Lynch directing it, it. It reposits like the Wrong Turn movies as a vehicle for a reality television show. Yeah. And Henry Rollins mm-hmm. plays the ostensible host of this. And if that were all that happened, it would be enough. <laughs> but it also Dianu. It, 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 like hit the table. Does but he it, does he whisper all of his lines with an attitude? 
Only like seventy five percent of them. He oh, really, good. He gets like. I do think he's like a decent actor. I'm just. He's yeah. like a secret genre hero, Henry Rollins. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of. He what, was in what, Feast. What's that movie he made a few years ago that was so good? Um, um something. They he should... came back. It's a. He, it, uh, he oh god. Um, it's something like he never that. died. He never died. He yeah, died. yeah, so good. It's so good. Yeah, Rollins is incredible, and it's a great. It's a weirdly great little movie that like takes advantage of like the way reality television shows are filmed to set up the scares, and the actors are all yeah. like beautifully playing into reality television acting. And it's Joe Lynch, and it's great. To bring yeah. it back, Joe Lynch's next movie is with Anthony Mackie and Frank Grillo. Yeah, oh, the grill. And speaking of horror characters, guys, instead of doing your cutoff, we have one little game that we're gonna play. One oh. last little drinking game before we reveal the rules, because this was all. Also the week, in terms of things I would have drunk too, of BDE. For those who don't know, that's big dick energy. BDE. And we're going to play a little game. I crowdsourced this out of which horror characters have BDE. Oh my God. Or which characters don't. This has been decided by a committee. If you get it right, you don't have to drink. If you don't, you do. Okay. So here we go. Okay. Michael Myers. BDE. Totally. Absolutely. He's totally correct. Freddy. Small dick energy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, making up for something. All correct. <laughs> uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. Big dick energy. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely correct. Elsa God, you guys, you guys I'm going gonna, gonna to drink anyway. You guys, yeah. are, <laughs> you guys are predictably great at this. Billy Loomis from Scream. Small um, dick energy. I would say average. Yeah, he's I, a, he's a five-incher. I, I, I yeah. can't remember Pretty Billy thin. Loomis. Skeet Ulrich. Oh, he yeah. was a great planner. Yeah, was a, was a, he pulled off a confident planner. Yeah. I confident would, planner, I, but has the time shabby. to think about it. Yeah, and like way too Tarantino-y. And like, look what I'm doing, small dick. Definitely Is there dick. such a thing as medium dick energy? Yeah, I have just you yeah. know, a, a, a or like above proportional energy, dick energy, <laughs> skeet dick energy. <laughs> Found it. Yep, that's it. Skeet that's... dick energy is actually correct. No one has to drink. That's actually <laughs> the right answer. Um. Pennywise, 2018. Small dick energy. Can an alien have BD? I think so. We shouldn't deny them that. I mean, maybe there's. I mean, we don't. We don't know the D situation. There could be multiple Ds. I, I say no. I, I say no. Big. I time. think I'm gonna say no. Also, I agree with no. Pennywise, 1990. Big dick B- energy. Big dick energy. Yeah, absolutely correct. Blair Witch. <laughs> Big dick energy. Sure. Yeah. She lives on her own. <laughs> she has her own rules. Yeah. Which Blair Witch? The main Blair Witch, the 1999 Blair Witch. Okay. Then yeah. The Burkittsville Blair, Blair Witch. That's correct. Yeah, but and not the point, not the remake. Not Blair Witch. Someone pointed this out to me when I asked. They were like, "She never has to show up." Like, no. basic energy is mm-hmm. never. Everyone's just talking about her. Everybody's talking about her. Talking about you. That's that's true. BDE. Uh, Margaret White. Hmm. <gasps> This is a, this was the toughest one. I mean, yeah, I think she has huge dick energy, but it's so repressed that it's like instead of big dick energy, nice it's, point. it's bound dick energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it is fucking strapped to her it's thigh, just locked in with fucking yeah. barbed wire. I don't think so because she's too angry. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with I'm gonna agree with Nat and Sarah. <laughs> 
Equivocator. I was told no on the big dick energy, so now you have to take a drink. I'll, I'll drink because I do not agree. <laughs> Last one, Hannibal Lecter. Also, by the way, fucking Margaret White gives birth in her room, in her fucking house by herself. And then she raises a fucking daughter with telekinesis who has stones ran on her house. Yeah, that's Big pussy power. Energy. Energy. Actually, that's a re- oh, oh <laughs> well, I thought yeah. that's, I thought we were doing synonymous here. I thought Fair we were point. doing non-genital specific. <laughs> I don't know what? what to think about Hannibal Lecter. It's a really hard one. Yeah. This was really hard to suss out with the people I asked. I and I'm not sure I feel okay with the answer. I say no. I hear a little one bit for too no. much of an intellectual. I feel sort like he's bookish, got, yeah, he's got to be the. That's I also not mutually exclusive. I also think that <laughs> he is the Clarice Starling of somebody else that we just haven't met yet. Nice. Um, oh, that's I'm a spicy take. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with no. I'm gonna go with N slash A. <laughs> he's got eunuch energy. <laughs> he's above that shit. He is so intellect. Like the dude doesn't jerk off at all, except like with his mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> the only moment you see his BDE, whether it exists or not, is the moment when he's beating yeah. a guard to death with his baton. He wears across a dude's the face. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think mostly he's he's like an ace. He's yeah. Like, yeah. Whatever. You know what? I like that answer. He's an ace. That's the game. You guys crushed that game. That was very, very, very well done. And speaking of games, we're going to reveal the rules that haven't been revealed yet. Oh, I'll, goodness. I'll, I'll All be of on, them. I'll be honest. None of my other ones came up after Candyman got guessed. Yeah. So mine was basically Candyman, Candyman. The other ones I had on the table that never came up were anytime we mentioned this balls hot weather, which I thought would come up, Eric, because you'd been at the march. I was like, at Man, least I'm going to have that one. Man, it's a hot one. I was like, I tried to set it up. Um, that did not happen. And that was Entrapment. my other Entrapment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, um, I I was sort of going with basically like famous movie monsters or like people who played them, nice. and also uh, I I was thinking of like limbs or organs <laughs> being mentioned. Like if we got mm. like yeah. thinking like maybe we're gonna really get into it. Like, oh, that part where the fucking heart or the do we have to do a part three now? We probably have to do a part three. <laughs> right. I mean, at some point, this should be like a regular. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. this is this is gonna come up, guys. Get ready for like an episode around at least September, October, right. bare minimum, um, if not sooner. So that's mine. So, yes. <laughs> cool. I'll go next. Um, Nat mentioned, man, it's a hot one. I have one like that, but it wasn't regarding the weather. Um, if anybody refers to the current state of the world as being on fire, uh, I was going to make people drink. Uh, the drink. on fire. How about yours? Is that the name of it? Uh, no, it was actually it was actually called "Man, It's a Hot One." Um, and I was going to have people drink twice now. if if the fire was modified by trash, garbage, or dumpster. Mm, nice, good qualification. Um, the other two that I was super excited about but didn't end up happening, um, and I thought we were going to get close uh, when we were talking about like Napster and cassette tapes, but I called it "Nobody Puts Baby in a Corner." If any. Anybody referred to me being the youngest in the room. Hmm. I was going to make them drink. Great. And my other one was the O Canada rule. It is Canada Day. I was going to make people drink uh, every time they said sorry or a variant of apology. I feel like I should drink just from <laughs> mentioning Drake. I mean, sorry, I'm, everybody. Yeah, Drake is. is oh, that's Canadian. true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mine were what were mine? I didn't write mine down, so I had to go by memory. Uh, anytime Eric uh, mentions baseball, which did not happen, I was gonna maybe test like yeah. rules of the last episode, but it just didn't come up because it's been so lively. Hey, boy! Yeah. Uh, uh, so much, so much space to fill. The Mets um, are awful right drink. now. 
anytime Sarah mentioned last podcast on the left or serial killers, oh, uh, which we did not. We could do to. a whole. I could get really into that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm knee deep I'm in my serial that. killer book right now. What book? Uh, the one you just read, but you don't know that yet because uh, that's happening later. Ooh, yeah. um, Coming soon. The M. Night Podcast exclusive. Short exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> um, and anytime there was uh, an awkward pause because everything in the world is so awful that no one had an idea how to keep going. You that did happen that multiple one. times. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was an excellent drinking game. So guys, quickly, with a little bit of time we got left, plug anything that you want that you got going on. Where can the people find you? How do we, how do we keep up with your awesomeness? Um, I am doing a drinking games uh, production. It's not a production. <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing the Goonies uh, on. I believe it's July 26 at gold, uh, Industrial boy. City Park. Yes. Um, go to. I think it's like a drinking game nyc.com. for the details. I am playing Jake Fratelli yes. and others. Um, so see me drunkenly pretend to be like an operatic Italian guy, guys. Uh, I can highly recommend watching Eric do that. It's very, very funny. It's awesome. And also, I'll just be at the one on the 7th, I think, which is Wet Hot American Summer. Amazing. It's a great company. It's super fun. You should come and see it. Amazing. I have nothing to promote, but you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Sarah the Collar. Heck yeah. I got nothing to promote yet either, but you can find me uh, at Nat Cassidy or on Instagram at Catnacity because Nat Cassidy was taken. I, <laughs> it's absolutely fair. If you happen to live on Shelter Island, you can see both Eric and I That's in right. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, July 20th and 21st. Prepare to watch me get murdered <laughs> by Scott. Oh, man. We... he is Romeo and I am Paris. And I'm going ah. I'm to I'm throw that sword in. The good, the good guy who's... It, Kind of creepy in the 21st century. Like, yeah. eh, lots of young girls get married. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Is any character in Romeo and Juliet not creepy in the 21st century? Something to explore. Maybe mm. Juliet. I don't know. The nurse? Like, the nurse is um, a-okay. She hangs around a lot of underage girls. I don't yeah. Know. I, don't think, I don't think we even have a Peter in this we don't need. We don't even have a Peter in our production. And it's I will. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, and if you're not seeing Eric on the 26th, which you should do, you can come see Jaws entirely from memory at Videology in Brooklyn. But honestly, go see the Goonies. I, I, we got our people for Jaws. We're good. We got, we got our, we got our folks. Go see the Goonies. Is that a disinvited plug? I feel like it was, and I feel like you Claire go, is going to kill probably me for don't. that one. Yeah. She's going to kill me for that one. Got invited. Guys, go, go see both. Make a whole evening of it, and also go support both companies, even if it's not these shows that we're talking about right now because they are doing work monthly yes um both and they're both really worth checking out exactly right and please continue to check out the podcast we will be back in a few days with an episode with war on women the amazing punk band out of philly and baltimore and after that we are doing the can't miss of 2018 with the delegate claire gresham i want to thank nat eric and sarah for being here Five stars. Thank you for riding the rails with us, guys. We out.